Hello, I'm Ramey. And I'm Beth. And this is Brother Knows Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, do you know what we're doing this week? No. Okay, I'm trying a different thing. If you remember our Savage Worlds episode where I covered a generic game and it wasn't easy because I don't want to just read off a list of rules and Mm -hmm. generic games have no setting, really. Okay, well this week... It's upside down. Numenera? Numenera by Monty Cook Games. It runs on the Cypher system. Numenera came first. They made the Numenera game, then they made the Cypher system into a generic version of it. Cypher system, that's just the rule book? That's the rule book, but it covers a wide variety of setting ideas, and a lot of it's just setting ideas. Oh, okay, because that's, that's a textbook, a big textbook. Now, it is the generic version of Numenera, pretty much. You have played this game. Uh, which one is it? The Fallout. Oh. I made. Well, I didn't get to get very far in this book because rad roaches immediately killed me off. They didn't kill you. You just couldn't hit them and you ended up running from them. The whole group, she blamed the overseer for sending out their first expedition team with just some <laughs> some Sticks. St- uh, shock batons. She said, we've been in here prepared for 30 years and now they she just sends us out here with shock batons with sticks and we get killed by roaches she was so upset numenera is interesting i'll talk about some of the rules a little bit really good but the setting is it's earth one billion years in the future they call it the ninth world because eight previous massive and technologically advanced empires have risen and fallen since then some of them are human galactic or interdimensional we don't really know much about all the previous ones but a lot can happen in a billion years. So they call it the ninth world. And we're just coming out of a dark age. The eighth world has ended and we don't know what happened. For the last bit, humans have been finding old tech laying around and they call this old technology they find the Numenera. Some of it's left over from the seventh world because they got so big, these empires. Some of them were human, some of them weren't even human. Some of them were just us getting conquered. But somehow humanity has came through unevolved, like we've been digressed to what we are now. So it's kind of familiar. You also get mutant people, all kinds of weird creatures. Octopi are the other sentient original race that is still around. And they are sentient, like they have a community. They are supposed to be smart. Yes. And Pangea is back. Somehow, either Earth has done it or one of these previous empires have made Pangea again. Isn't that supposed to happen every a lot of years or something every few millennia i don't know every few or at least it changes some way somehow I, we slowly move i don't know if we're going back together or apart i thought we was moving apart but yeah but eventually won't we go back to the other side i guess that's true but in the ninth world technology sometimes people will see it most of the time we'll see it as magic it is just beyond our comprehension from these previous worlds you know it is stuff that we don't understand and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the tech we find and can use, you only has one use, a lot of it does, because it isn't meant to be used alone. It's usually a part off of something bigger that has fallen apart. It just has this wild effect, and you use it. And that's what a cipher is. A cipher is like a single-use item. They call it the cipher system. Okay. So think of junk, detritus laying around, you pick up something. We would see a an overcharged vape pen. They would see that as a Numenera. You hold the button too long, and it explodes. <laughs> you just throw it. It's a grenade. It's a grenade. It's an exploding cipher. Yeah. But they can do some wild ones because the tech is so wild. Uh, Now, see, we should have started out with something like that. Not a stick. Yes. Yes. But we weren't in Numenera. We were just playing a cipher game with the generic rules. There is some cool ciphers, really cool ones, like things that some sort of goo you inject in yourself and it mutates you in a weird way, give you gills or useful things like that. Yeah. I feel like that would happen if you find random goo laying around and you decide to inject yourself with it. 
there are swarms of nanites called the iron wind, and it would just mutate or kill anything it touches. Why? It's it, because it's they were programmed to maintain something, and they're not doing it now. They're trying to, and it just is not compatible with what we are. The story I read, it was sad. It might have been in the main core book. This guy and he, he had a cipher that would put up a dome around him to protect him. It's hard to tell what it was originally for, but it was like a little energy dome to protect him from that when it came near him. His dog tried to run out. He caught his dog, but only the back half, when he pulled it through, it was like an unrecognizable mutation mess. Aww. I was saddened by it, too. See, now I want nothing to do with it. Well, I would never choose a character that would rely on animals. I don't do that in any game I play, because I Just, will not put an animal at risk. Yeah. I'm not a druid player. I'm not anything like that. It would be nice to have an animal if you could ensure its safety. Well, in my games, they are insured, but I don't trust other DMs. So Yeah. Uh, they have plot armor. And by plot armor, I mean pet armor. If you kill off my pet, you are no longer my friend. No. I don't care if it is a game. You are no longer considered my friend. I usually make a character with parents and stuff. So my DM will be like, okay, they can die. (laughs) And tell them. Yeah. Uh, But that that doesn't hurt me like a a pet. Um, Yeah. Not in a game, especially. (laughs) Especially. Yeah. There are some organizations that popped up. The Order of Truth is a group of scholars and scientists who seek to understand Numenera. That's, you know, what they do. Their name is kind of the order of truth. They, yep. they will share this information, of course. Okay. For the most part. The Convergence is a group of cyborgs who seek to merge man and machine. Cybermen. Cybermen. Uh, it's hard not to find somebody who's a little bit Cybermen in this, I'm guessing, though. Yeah. Angulian Knights are a group of warriors who seek to protect the ninth world from threats both internal and external. Like I said, some of them were interdimensional empires. Some of them were galactic. Some of them were they're just everywhere. Okay. We should be dead by now. Evolved into something else or dead. The world should be burnt up by the sun by now, most likely. So why are we not? Oh, one of these conquering empires had the technology to stop this. Or we grow to the point where we could before we fail again and rose again. It's just a lot of up and downs. So somebody has kept us alive, even if they've neglected that for now. And like the weird evolution, we had evolved out of this, apparently. And now we're back to where we are now. (laughs) The Amber Pope is the leader of the Order of Truth and is considered by many to be the most powerful person in the ninth world. The Pope. The Amber Pope. Yeah. What's an Amber Pope? He's the leader of the Order of Truth. Oh, Okay. Like I said, there's uh, the Eon Priests. They collect the technology and stuff like that, too. They are just scattered around the ninth world. People don't mess with them. If you are going to play as a person who controls Numenera mainly, you will be playing as a nano. To you, it might seem like you're using magic, but it is, in fact, you connecting to what's left of one of this great civilization's satellite or interdimensional internet pretty much you could control the tech with your mind because you're just in tune to it a global there's a word for that technophile well these people you could see it you could choose to make your character think it's magic or you can choose to make let them realize that it's actually just advanced tech that you're using an aeon priest would probably see it as tech because they know because that's what it is yes so it's a science fantasy game is what it's technically considered i guess okay but you can play as the nano, like I said. And I was trying to explain the internet thing. Think of a global Wi-Fi, one of these great empires installed, and that's how all the tech still works. And it, it might have been a, a later one that made it. I like to think of it as a later one that made it that connects all of them together because not all of these techs are made by the same great empire. And they're thousands and millions of years apart, some of them are. So somebody connected them with this massive Wi-Fi mesh network thing. It also, there's a huge community in the cyber world. That's been added in some recent books. If you get uploaded into one of these mesh or into the Wi-Fi or somehow get into a machine that transforms you there, there's just whole communities. It's kind of like Tron or the Matrix. There's just 
entire communities all digitally in the cloud, pretty much. Like the Doctor Who episode, the library would yes. save you. In- yes. I have never played in that one. There's also an entire sea campaigns. I like that one. I've listened to a, a couple of actual play podcasts where they go into the sea. I like the sea. Artifacts are like ciphers, but they last longer. They can last forever if you roll well enough every time you deplete them. They won't destroy themselves. They'll just replenish. Now, you have glaives also you could play as. They're the warrior class. And jacks, who are kind of roguish. I like the jacks. Yeah. There's also delves and a couple other ones in the extra book called... I'm talking about Numenera Discovery here, but Numenera Destiny is the extra book. Oh, uh, that's two different books. Yes, it's two different oh, books. Oh, okay. I bought the uh, Kickstarter kit. But Numenera Discovery is basically the core book. But Destiny is for the people who want to try and build a settlement or something. They have classes for finding, making, Numenera, stuff like that. The Nano can control it, but the Delve and the other ones in here can build it sometimes. But they're not as good at controlling it. They know how to build it or scavenge for it. That's what the Delve does. Uh, so they also, work well together? Yes. There's also a speaker in this book. Because it's a book more about building a community, you know, settlement maybe. So there's a speaker. He can be a diplomat or stuff like that. What's he say? I don't know. You, it's your character. How would I know what he's going to say? I've never played as one. So he just speaks? They call it the speaker because you are like the diplomat. You can play as a diplomat or a, a bard or whatever. Okay. That's what they call it. In the Cypher System core book, they're called the speaker, the warrior, the adept. And the Explorer, so I might have been wrong about the Numenera one. It might not be called Speaker, but it's something very similar. But now I don't have to explain Warrior. Adept is kind of like the Nano, the more magical or technologically inclined one, depending on what setting you choose in the Cypher system. Okay. If you're going to buy any of these, I'd recommend buying the Cypher system core rulebook and just go from there. By the way, I've got Amazon affiliate links now, so I'll try to put all of these things in the description of this episode, but we do get a little kickback from that. It kind of helped the show grow. Keep up the hosting prices. There's some cool places in Numenera. Key? QI? Key? I'm going to call it Key. QI? Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's not just QI? It's Q, lowercase i. Capital Q. Mm. It's a city. It's in a complex known as Dracal. They have a great citadel called Citadel of the Conduit that lies in a parallel dimension. can be accessed by high-ranking Aiden priests. Wait, it's called... It's what? It's that was a long... The Citadel... Is called Citadel of the Conduit, and it's in an alternate dimension. It can be accessed by Aeon priests of higher levels. Hmm. You could, I'm pretty sure if you play a Nano you, or an Explorer, you could play as an Aeon priest. I would like to play as an Aeon priest. It's a D20 system, by the way, and I love it because the DM or GM does not need the role. It's all on the players, and it keeps the players more active. Yeah. If you're playing D&D and it's someone else's turn, you could be sitting there for five minutes or more just waiting for someone to get done doing their turn. Mm-hmm. This game, if I go to attack you as the DM of a monster, you have to roll to defend from it. I don't have to do nothing. I just have to keep track of a number. I guess that would make it go by faster. Yes. You start off with three pools, might, speed, and intellect. They are also your health. Your might, speed, and intellect, as they go down, pools of numbers, I should say. You have a might number, you have a speed number, and an intellect number. A nano, you could add more points into your intellect number to get your... So are those three like added together to make your health? Or? I mean, technically, yes, because once you get all three of them are empty, you're dead. Dead. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Now, there's a way to, it's easy to kind of regain them. A lot of the Numenera or ciphers you find will help you. A lot of the uh, skills you can get as a certain type of player will help them recoup. Also, you could recoup them three times a day. 
four at the end of the day, pretty much. And you could do one. You just take an action to roll some dice and get some of your numbers back, some of your pool back. Okay. It's not so bad. Now, these pools also are drained by the abilities you use. So you want to use a better ability or put effort, which is what they call it when you want to exert yourself. You take three out of your pool and then it decreases the number you need to roll on your dice to beat something because you're putting in some effort. Okay. And there's also something called edge. It's a number that's usually on your best stat. Nano would have it on intellect, edge of one. And you can get better edges as you level up with your XP. That goes up by number. So you'd have edge of two, which if you have an edge of one and you use a skill that costs three intellect points, it only costs you two intellect points because it subtracts that one from your edge. Huh. So the better your edge, the less you spend out of your pool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's why you, when you level up, you might want to use that level up to add more to your edge number or add it to another skill that you might find yourself using more than you thought. I use might more than I thought. I want to add an edge to that. Um, What's might? Strength. Oh, it's technically okay. usually the one that lowers the most. You know, people are hitting you with blunt objects. That's going to be what drops because they have intellect, speed, and might damages types. Okay. So that's usually about the only damage types you'll find in the game. That's the pools you have. It's going to be taking the damage. Uh, some sort of machine that gives you psychic damage will hit your uh, intellect pool instead of your strength or your might. Oh, you know the machine the that... Now, like I said, nanos control machines of their mind. Why couldn't they do the same? This is a billion years in the future with a species. So when the AI is taken over yeah. that everybody's afraid of. There is some crazy creatures. I d I'm not going to go into them. There is just, they're just so wild. There's like dreadnoughts that just roam about destroying things. Giant mechanoid creatures. Some of them are flesh and steel. You can be a class. Now, before I go into that, let me explain the character building. You are a adjective, noun, verbs. That's how you make your character. Grammar? No. I am a nurturing glaive who wields a ring of fire. Okay. Yeah. Your character type is glaive. So you'll be something glaive. Descriptors are the next part of the sentence. You're usually, your character is usually explained in a, a sentence. I am a charming. I am an intelligent. I am a clever mechanical. I'm a tough. I'm a strong wield. I'm a stealthy glaive, you know, or nano mm -hmm. who wields a, a ring of fire. I'll go into the second part or the last part here in a minute. But like if I was a swift glaive, it would immediately choosing swift as my descriptor would give you a plus four to your speed pool. Okay. Yes. You are trained in initiative actions. So when you go to roll initiative, you are trained. You get you, you immediately the roll you have to make to beat your enemies are, is lower on the dice and you would go before your enemies. See, I like that one because I tend to roll low. <laughs> yes. Things like that. You're fast, but not necessarily graceful. Any task involving balance is hindered. You act so quickly. you're running, but you're also yeah, tripping yes. along the way. Um, and your foci, or foci, focus, is the last part. Like I said, wields a ring of fire or controls gravity as one. Well, I mean, do I have to explain what that does? You're a... Controlling gravity? Yeah. Do I, I know what controlling okay, gravity yeah. is. As you level up or go up in your tier, you need four XP to do that. You get XP in a special way. Usually, it's what they call a GM intrusion. Or Discovering Places also gives you some, because it is a game of discovery. So many weird things in this world. Now, if I was to say, I'm going to offer you a GM intrusion, what that would mean is, I'd offer you two XP, and if you could pay me for an XP, if you had an XP and you wanted to give me, you could say no. You usually start off the game with at least one XP, so you could give me that to say, no, I don't want to get this intrusion. But if you did accept the intrusion, or didn't have the XP to pay, I would throw something at you, as in a glass. No. Um, <laughs> no, I would say something about you're in a cave and the roofs, you notice it starts to collapse on you or something like okay. that. 
and a problem have, of some you would have sort. to do something to stop that. But I would give you that two XP, and you take one of them and decide what you want to do. You can give one to one of the other players, and you could use that, and they could add it to their pool. You could decide for whatever reason why you want to give it to them. Maybe you would think they're the best one to help you get out of this mess. It's about to come, you know, but you'll have one. But when you get four of those, you can use it to move up a part of your character. You can add a new skill. Okay. Um, I didn't cover skills, but I don't, do I really need to? They're, usually they're attached to one of your yeah. pools, and you could get a new skill, or you could uh, unlock a new trait on your uh, character's abilities. Just all kinds of things like that. Or you could do a player intrusion. Every type of thing you play as has a list of intrusions you could choose to do. Here, take this. And one of my, like uh, someone who is a, a roguish character, a thief, or something like that, will say, take this XP I got. I want to do a player intrusion. I will know somebody in this town who will buy these goods for me. Well, that's handy. Yeah. And they can offer them for different things, but they have a good recommendation list here in the books that will help you along with that. Some of it might make sense for your character to be able to intrude on the world, but it takes four to level up. I think you can charge just one XP to get a temporary skill, something that's so niche that it'll probably never come up again if you really need it. Yeah, you just need it in that one particular moment. Yes, I really enjoy things like that. I'm trying to think of some more of the interesting creatures you come across, because creatures are fun. There are dog-like creatures, obviously. You played Numenera once with us. You don't remember it, I bet. It's a thing when you've come across all the heads sticking out of the pond, gibbering And they at you. kept throwing heads at me. They were, it was like that a was not as bad as the roaches and the sticks, <laughs> but that was pretty bad, too. That was. It's a creature. It lives at the bottom of a pond and tries to draw people near by gibbering with these heads it's collected off of its victims. It is like tentacles up through their necks, and there looks like there's people just in the pond chatting. Of course, there was animals, too. Dogs barking and other weird things in the pond just yelling gibberish and you all went up to see what's happening and to get you we to fall shouldn't into have the... went to see what's happening <laughs> when you all went up to you wouldn't know you just thought there was crazy people in the pool but why then would it... i want to go near crazy and then people? it started flinging heads at you to try to get you to fall in <laughs> um, and it was always me it, well, well no it wasn't always you. i would roll a dice to see who it was going to throw at uh, that's the only reason I need to roll. The dice is against me. I don't never need to roll anything. It's just I chose to do that to make it easier. Uh, it doesn't hurt for the DM or GM to carry uh, like a D20 or a D100 set. You know, just to carry a set to roll on tables because you'll be giving out a lot of ciphers. Those one-use items, mm-hmm. you should find those very frequently. They're meant to be used. Large chunks of these books and all the expansions you get are just full of ciphers. Also different foci and descriptors and stuff like that too. All you really need is the discovery book. I don't think you could just get away with the destiny book because it's more about just city building and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the discovery book is all you really need. Or you could just get the cipher system core rule book, which is just called the cipher system rule book. That would be a wise decision if you want to run a particular type of game. I will go. The next few episodes are going to be about the add-ons to the mostly the cipher system, mm-hmm. the generic one. Because there is some cool ones, like ones about horror games. If you want to run a horror game, there's some add-ons if you want to run a more Alice in Wonderland kind of... That sounds what fun. is it called? High fantasy? What would you call that? It uh, would be fairy fantasy. Tale. Fairy tale. Or, yeah, fairy tale. Fairy tale. Uh, there's also a fantasy setting. There's also a higher level fantasy setting where you want to play as a god. So Yes, I do. Yeah, there's a space setting. There's there's some interesting ones I'll I'll go into later in the next episodes or two. What would you be more interested in, playing Numenera 
or uh, something in the cipher system, just a generic. I thought they were together. No, you don't need this was this was made in the rules. People liked it so much they made the generic system so you can make any setting instead of just the ninth world. But it's pretty much the, the same, same other than rules, that. Same simple rules, but without the setting, you just make your own and setting. Different words used for the for character names. types, yes. Which one was the head one? Numenera, the wild and wacky stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. I liked it better, even though I kept getting heads thrown at me and it was frustrating. Like I said, still less frustrating than the roaches. It's a game where the DM or the GM in Numenera doesn't need to know everything because nobody knows everything. It is any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. That's what this is based on. Yeah, that one sounds more interesting. Yeah. I feel like I've enjoyed that one more I than. I can't even remember if it was a mechanical. Or a biological thing that was throwing the heads at you. It could have been a, a some sort of pool cleaning device the aliens built and left in there. And it just yes. flinging heads. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I wouldn't. I could add, add a story behind that. I've, um, heard, I've heard a podcast where they have this machine. They kept finding it's basically a factory. They didn't realize that, but it would assemble sentient little AI things, little machines. And they, but they realized they could. They, the players just started putting stuff in into it. Because they didn't know what it did. And it would attach googly eyes that would follow you. because, <laughs> <laughs> Like they would just stare at you. Because that's part of the factory they were in technically, I guess. Oh. But go on. I, I was I digress. Uh, Numenera sounds better. It does. I, I feel like when I played it, I don't remember much about it. Or where it's been so long. Yeah. But from what I can remember, I liked Numenera better than the other one. Yes, once you get your character made, and that is the only critique I might have is the layout for character making is in mm. a different order than it should be. I, I can't explain it. I'm not going to go into the details. It, you can do it with the book. It's a little bit more confusing. You should watch a YouTube video or something first. I don't. My job isn't to explain the rules a lot. I don't want to do that on a podcast. I like to explain the settings. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, Just explaining rules. Yeah, I tried not that. Really. It didn't work. I will run Numenera. I chose Cypher System to play the Fallout game we did mm -hmm. because I needed a generic system that would be easy to run and teach you all, and it will easy. It's easy for to run. Now I should also say the D the GM only needs to remember whatever the level of the creature or task you all are trying to do. Mm -hmm. All you have to do as a player to roll and beat it is three times whatever its level is. You have levels from one to ten, and if you pay attention, you can't roll a thirty on a twenty sided dice. Level ten be times three to beat it, it'd be a 30. Use your effort and stuff to make that number go down. Remember I mentioned effort? Yeah, you, okay. and how you can take away okay. some. For I say this is a level 10 task. It means you'd have to roll a 30 on a 20-sided dice to beat it. You okay, can't. no, okay. you can't. <laughs> so you get a asset. You could say, I'm going to use this skill because I have this skill. It would mm -hmm. lower it by a level or two. So a skill you're probably yeah. not going to be yes. hopefully using that much in yes. that particular Yes, uh, you have a time. skill, you have a cipher that might help you do it. You have effort, like I said, you spend effort. As you level up, you can spend more effort. You can only use one level of effort at level one, or tier one, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can only lower it by that number, by one number. So a 10 would be a nine. Then somebody helps you. That's another asset. Uh, you can just keep getting the numbers down. And that's the complicated part of the game, I guess. You find a way to make that number go down to where you can roll. But early on, you really don't have to worry about 30s. Mm. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Fives. So you'd have to roll a 15. Which you can do. You can, but it's still hard. Uh, most of the early game stuff is like level two and level three. Stuff like that. Stuff that you could roll easily, especially if you use effort. 
Mm. And it, it, you eventually get enough edge to where a lot of your skills won't cost you any effort, any area pull at all. You know what I meant? The edge will mm. not let you take off what you have to subtract. You could get to the point where I have three edge in this intellect skill and my nano ability cost me three intellect points, but I have three edge. So it don't charge me a thing. I can just use this skill nilly willy. Okay. But as you uh, tear up, level up with your XP you get. If you use the right skill at the right time, it doesn't, it's like a cantrip in D&D. It don't cost you any spell slots. But no, this is by Monty Cook Games. Both of these books are. Really good group of people. One of the larger publishers of books like this in America. Mm-hmm. They have an open gaming license, so you can design games and use it with their system. Oh. You know, when D&D had their big fiasco with that, mm-hmm. Monty Cook hopped in there and they were already working on it before that happened, though. It's nice that they have it so people can use this system. A lot of people have flocked to this. Yeah. Um, can't say as I blame them. No. I highly recommend it. Like I said, I will have the links for these through my Amazon affiliate thing in the description. Beth, did you say you would play Numenera, though, right? Numenera. Numenera. Yes. So she did recommend Numenera. I recommend both of them. Numenera. MonicaGames.com. You can find it there. But like I said, I'll put the link in the description for our affiliate link, maybe, if you want it. My friend Dakota and I do another podcast. It's called uh, Leveling Duo. It's where we talk about uh, games that have influenced our lives and made us happy. Or maybe one day we'll talk about the ones that didn't make us happy. It's just a couple of friends talking about video games, pretty much. My sister was a guest on it. She'd covered Sims because we don't play Sims. Me and Dakota don't. I've got a few updates about Sims that I forgot and I messed up on. Okay, we'll discuss that on Leveling Duo. Uh, Beth and I also have another podcast where we talk about horrific history and hauntings. Beth, tell us about that one. It's pretty much what the title says. It's about horrific or tragic things in history or gruesome things. We've what my first episode was about Pavelia Island and the bubonic plague and some of the interesting treatments that they used back then for it. It's also going to have natural disasters a little bit of true crime obviously hauntings part of the title we're kind of short on those at the moment we yeah. only have like two episodes with well, them come up we haven't had any true crime ones either so but you did our latest episode did cover uh, an arsenic poisoning that true but i meant like one specific yeah that's true yeah I have a Twitter for the podcast network where we keep all this stuff. It is Gruesome Gaming G because I called the network Gruesome Gaming Group. Like I said, Numenera's got a recommendation from Beth, and I'd recommend Numenera and the Cypher System, especially if you're hunting for a generic game, go for the Cypher System. And I guess that'll be it for this episode. I have been Ramey. And I'm Beth. Thank you for listening. 